Welcome to Bean Stuff. Today we are talking about coffee extraction, and uh, it's something that you've probably experienced. And actually, I would say it is something you have experienced. Um, you have, whether you like it or not. The end product of the extraction is either good or it's bad. Well, and that's the thing you've you, you've you've tasted it, and you may have liked it, or you may have not liked it, and we'll kind of go into that today. But that basically could be because you've been over extracting, under extracting, or you've had bad coffee. Uh, but today we're excited to share it, and it's something that uh, that everybody should know about. To demystify the word in some senses for some people who may not have even heard of the concept of the extraction before, it is basically how much of the coffee, the bean we're talking about, mm-hmm. are you getting in your cup? That's right. So how much once that water's gone through, or well, we may talk about some other processes, but what, how much of that actual bean, the soluble from the bean, is is in your cup? That's right, which makes sense then in other podcasts we've had is if it's the bean going into the cup, therefore you want a fresh bean, you want a good quality bean, you don't, you don't want to grind it, you don't want to store it in certain ways, because all that is going into your cup. So you want to look after that bean. Right. And it's kind of, it sounds like one of these large concepts that we, it, it sounds very complex. And, and it is when we were talking about it, even last week, I just about had my mind blown. Um, but the, the, uh, the whole concept is that you've used it every single day of your life that you've made a coffee. Whether or not you know it, you have extracted mm-hmm. coffee and you've, you've been a part of the extraction process, yes. whether you've done it well or not so well. Um, and like you were saying, some of us may have gotten actually used to poor extraction. Right. I, I'm always interested in people who say, oh, I like this strong, strong cup of tea. That's, I, cup <laughs> of tea. I have a New Zealand accent. That would be strange if they were talking to you about yeah, coffee you can and you have, mentioned tea. Mind you, you can have extraction of tea as well, by the way, but a, a strong, strong uh, brew of, of coffee. And I taste it, what they're tasting, if I get that opportunity. Mm. And it's not strength they're tasting, they're tasting bitterness, which is another, there's going to be two words you're going to hear today. It's bitterness and sourness. What, one question I had real quick, yes. would you consider extraction or the rate of extraction similar to potency? Potency, like, a little bit. Yeah, like you could almost say the more extraction I have in my cup, the more potent it is. Yes, yes. And that's that. they would call that in the coffee terms, they call it a concentration, and uh, which is how much water or how many beans are in your coffee and the, the, the strength and weakness of the coffee will come into play then. Right. There's another player. It's not just concentration, it's the yield is another word. They call them soluble yields, which we'll get onto in a moment. Yeah. And that is really the quality of what are you putting into the start with, let alone how strong or how weak you have it. Right. Is it is it good quality to start with and, and what you're going to extract out of what that bean, that flavors you're going to extract out of here? Will it even be good quality? Well, and that's a good point because it's not only what are you extracting and how much are you extracting, but is what you're extracting any good? Exactly. So you could extract a good bean and you could extract too much of it and then you would essentially have too much of it or too long or too much and it could create a sour or a bitter note. But you might have the perfect extraction with a bad bean mm-hmm. or a bad product yes. um, and you might actually end up with a bitter... A bad cup of coffee yeah. still. I mean, it, it's so... Uh, there, I mean, we've we've talked about it in so many different episodes, but there's so many variables at play mm-hmm. that could mess it all up for you. That's right, and uh, because of the good news is that you could end up by 
experimentation, basically, um, and you're going to end up with a good cup of coffee. You can end up with even a better cup of coffee as you listen to some of these things. And I've got like three experiments you want to do at the end of this podcast yeah. to Ooh, work out. A little bit of homework. A little bit of homework if you want to. And you'll get it an even, uh, they call it the ideal cup if there is such a thing out mm. there. And we all have our own preferences. But uh, you can you can do better. Yeah. I can well, do better. And the I, well, I guess before, I, there's so many questions I have, but before we go too much further, I would just like to say how much I appreciate the extraction in the current cup of coffee that I'm sipping on. And um, do, you, do you know what it is, Reid? I've, I've been oh. asking him what uh, what countries is coffee from. He's given me <laughs> four, I believe, names of countries or coffee countries. I, I may have said several different coffees, which none of none of which were the actual no. bean. I said Ethiopia. No, this is no, a, well. Of, well, I said Ethiopia, Brazil. I can't remember. But uh, what what kind of coffee are we drinking? We are drinking today. It's one an old favorite of mine. It's Sumatra. Oh mm-hmm. my! And it is very good. Yep. So. I already feel like we're talking from a pedestal of good extraction. It's done on French press, which is um, immersion, obviously. And the longer you, I've got a French press in front of me there, it still has coffee in it, actually. But if now we go to take some of that coffee. After it's, it's been sitting for a while. Sitting there for 10 minutes, probably. And uh, we're going to get what I was talking, talking about before, and that is bitter coffee because it's like over extracted. It's taken too many of those goodies out of the coffee bean. Well, my question here is then is before we even get to over extraction, how the heck does coffee get out of the bean? Or or how does the bean get into my cup? What what parts are falling into my cup? Is it you know, that's kind of the, the real question I have and is it good or is it bad? That's right. Like I, I don't think of whole pieces of bean in my coffee. No, but. that's right. You're you're correct. And unfortunate unfortunate for some, fortunate for some others. It involves, at this point, some theory or some chemistry. I don't know if you like chemistry when you were younger or older. So is this time to buckle up? Buckle up, and we do need to do a little bit of chemistry because when you make a cup of coffee, you are doing an experiment, basically. You're getting hot water, and that's changing things up. You're grinding, that's changing things up. Right. And suddenly things happen, and you pour that water in, and it's like a big chemistry experiment happens well it reminds me of back in chemistry which i was not very good at so i may have to have you take the lead on this but we had an alka-seltzer tablet and we had to see if it would dissolve faster if it was ground up or if it was whole and it's again not necessarily identical to what we're doing today but it's that kind of idea of the extraction of the alka-seltzer so how quickly does it get released Mm -hmm. into the water is you know is it faster when it's ground and that's kind of to me that makes me think of coarse ground coffee versus fine ground coffee versus you know is it work faster in hotter water colder water yep um but chemistry so we got to get we got to get some serious thinking caps on yeah there's some words are going to come out but don't worry about it it's not that are they big words uh some of them carbohydrates the maillard reaction no no there's don't worry about them don't worry about it but uh, the bean itself Mm mm-hmm when you get a coffee, you know, that, that we see the brown bean before it's got brown and we've roasted it. It yeah. was a green bean, obviously. Green seed. Green seed. Thank you. And that was a, inside a, a, a fruit sort of envelope there. And cherry. The cherry. Good, good job, Reed. Oh, mate. And, uh, but that green seed inside that we get out, it comes in a sack, usually 152 um, I've pounds. I've seen you lift some of those sacks. They're quite large. That's right. I don't tend to lift 152 pounds. <laughs> <but> <laughs> sort of flop it. The flop. <laughs> yeah. And that little green seed, though, mm. um, basically when you break it down, it's insoluble and it's soluble. And if you're getting scared by those two words already, I understand. Insoluble means that the water, if water comes on it, 
it will not dissolve or any you know, it's not going to dissolve it's indissolvable um, whereas you, if you put water on it and it dissolves mm. um, then that is called a soluble it's soluble it's able to do things work with water and change its chemical um, um, makeup I, I think of it and I just kind of this is one of the things that comes to my head now but it's salt and pepper mm. if you put salt in a cup of water and you stir it eventually it will dissolve mm-hmm. if you put pepper in a cup of water and you stir it you'll still see pepper flakes that's a, i like that example that's and it's soluble. kind of that idea of yeah. there insoluble. is a what is it insoluble is 70 percent. i'm kind of cheating off our notes here but 70 <laughs> percent, and then and then the soluble part is 30 percent. that's correct and so therefore 70% of the bean is wasted. It's just like wood. It's on Which fire. Which is crazy it's to think about because already you you lose a lot of weight in the roasting process and then you lose, you only get 30% of that already lost bean. Oh, mate, it's, it's, it's hard. It's hard lost, life. Yeah. But, but, uh, and of that, then there's 30% that is soluble. In other words, water can do stuff with it. And there's these flavors locked in that cell, mm. and, and you know, and when I say cell, it's locked in around more like four million cells inside that one little bean, a little seed. Wow! And uh, of that thirty percent, actually twenty percent are sort of good or good, I should say. Whereas ten percent is uh, no, you don't want you, that, that's soluble, but you don't want that in your coffee. Otherwise, it's going to be a bad cup of coffee. So it's like there's there's some in there that's just too much. There's yep. It's almost like too much of a good thing is a bad thing. Exactly. That's very well put. Well put. And there's a guy, uh, Dr. Lockhart, in 1960. I think he was the first doctor we can actually pronounce the name yeah, of. I know. Easily. <laughs> <laughs> he established what, uh, we, as you still today, it's the Brewer's Chart. And you may want to look that up and just We'll, we'll put that. a link to the Brewer's Chart as well. And it, maybe we'll put a picture here. It's getting a little more scientific again, but uh, it's a Brewer's Cup. But in let me just break it down. And what it came, what he came out with was that. That twenty-two percent, uh, you know, thirty percent, I should say, of soluble stuff, eighteen to twenty-two percent is good. A little window in there, so anything extracted under eighteen percent is not good. Anything extracted over twenty-two percent is not good. So out of that, out of that hundred percent we have from a bean, yep, thirty percent soluble. Out of that thirty percent that we can dissolve into water. You're gonna to want to look for eighteen or between eighteen and twenty-two percent correct to be dissolved in your water. Yeah, yep. If you're under eighteen, you're under extracted, mm-hmm. so you don't have enough of that soluble dissolved in there. And if you're over that, there's too much of it, and and both are gonna affect flavor. And it's not necessarily not enough that soluble, but you may have too much of the first part that comes out of the coffee, the solubles that dissolves first, mm. you may have a bit too much of that and not enough balance, not enough of the other things, goodies in coffee. Gotcha. So not all solubles are created equal. No, no, they're not. You, you start out with, um, you, you get the light and fruity to start with. That usually comes out first, you know, acids and caffeine. Interesting. Pop out. Later on, you're going to get more the kyber, kind of, Kyber. I was trying to put fiber, <laughs> fiber and carbohydrates together, ah. but the, the carbohydrates and fiber start coming out. That's getting more of a sweet, earthy note, and you start noticing earthy more and more, and it gets to a more bitter note. Interesting. And in between, you've got lipids and fats and melon. I told you there was a little chemistry in here. Yeah, I know. We needed like a little diagram or like, you know, one of those constructed cells. That's right. <laughs> and, yeah, and if you've got uh, melanoids and nuts, vanilla, chocolate, all that, you say, man, that's how I'm getting thirsty already or hungry already. Yeah. You need little bits of all of that, but um, as the water comes through and it's it, it, and those soluble um, 
substances I've just mm. told you about, the coffee substances, uh, they start to move into the water. They dissolve into the water. And some are good. Too much of them is not good. A little bit is great. There's a balance. But they're And they're all different. And they, they kind of add to the complexity of the exactly. actual bean. It, oh. it makes me think of if you have frozen milk. Like, you know, we used to freeze milk. Yes. And we'd have some in the freezer. If you pull it out and put it in the fridge tomorrow morning, you'll go there, you'll pour your milk, and it'll be extremely sweet. Mm-hmm. And that's because the fat melts first. And so you have this very fatty, rich milk, but without the rest of the milk or the water or what? I mean, I'm, I don't know what is in the rest of milk. Yeah. But basically, without the rest of it, you run out of um, the other flavors to add to get back to your what you would yeah. expect regular the milk balance. to look mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. And so it can really mess mess with that. And so it's kind of like in coffee, if you don't have all parts extracted in the right manner, you may get an off-balance taste to that coffee, at least different to yeah. what you were expecting. Which is goes to show when I made my mistake of talking about tea, um, you just talked about milk. It happens all around us. We're doing every day. We're we're exposed to extraction, mm. over extraction, under extraction. We're exposed to it, right? And it is everywhere you go. I, I think we were talking earlier. Restaurant coffee is typically going to be over extracted. And we'll talk. We mean, we'll, I might be jumping ahead. No, then. you're right. No, it's a good point, and there's a reason for it, which you're going to get to shortly. Actually, and we may have said this, and I may just be missing missing the mark here. But what superhero equals water? Oh, what does that mean? I was uh, we missed it right at the beginning, and I, I'm going to go right back to the beginning because I quite like this. It was a quote from Handground, an uh, intuitive guide to coffee solubles, and I found this really, really helpful. And it says the story we discover is one of an epic prison break where millions of good guys find freedom, and the bad guys are left behind at bars. And there's a superhero, and that superhero is water. Exactly. Exactly. And he's the one who, un- he's like got the keys and he unlocks the cell doors and everybody comes out. And when I say everybody comes out, everybody comes out and mm. some are good guys and some are bad guys. Right. In this this illustration. So you have to, it's kind of like that you, you have to stop at some point. Your extraction. That's letting right. Those, letting those flavors out. And some of those flavors are things you don't want. Mm-hmm. You have to stop at some point. That's right. And. That, I don't want to take the illustration too far, but... Uh, <laughs> Let's just stretch that out for the rest of the episode. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and some of those bad guys get out and, and get into your coffee, and actually you find out they're not bad guys. They were quite good guys. You know, there's, there's this interesting mix here that goes on in coffee, mm. and, and we have our own preferences that like a little more bitter or like a little more sour, but more probably like a little more strong or a little more weak. Um, I don't think too many people like too much sour, too much bitter. If you like too much bitter... That tends to suggest to me that your your taste buds are shot. Well, and I guess that makes me think. So let's say I grew up with terrible coffee. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, I didn't. <laughs> but let's say I did. And let's say I get used to the, like an over-extracted coffee. So I'm pulling so many of the solubles out, getting all the bad stuff. It's getting very bitter. Mm-hmm. Is it po- I mean, I guess it's possible for me to actually say I like bitter coffee. That's mm-hmm. how I like You've it. You've got used to it. It's normal. So is there a is there an objective? I guess the objective good coffee is at eighteen to twenty two percent. That's what they found, and they say Lockhart found that. Then the uh, Specialty Coffee Association uh, 
checked on some of the science of that and found mm. it was actually very correct. Yeah. And you go over that and it's just bad. And you go under it and it's just not nice. And we've got those three experiments in the end. If we get to those, yeah. um, it sort of gives you an option to, to try it and say, oh, I see now what you're talking about. And that's really the key here is you want to experiment and taste the real coffee, perhaps do some of these things we're going to talk to about and find out, oh, I now know. It's not just something we talk about now. It's like, oh, that's why the French piece, if I leave it all day, some, oh, they get really excited. I've got this insulated cup, like a French piece in it as well, and they push it down, and then they mm. can have it the whole day. And I go, oh, no, you've got big over-extraction going to happen within about 20 minutes or probably less. And I think I mentioned, I may have brought my cup up on our very first episode oh. um, about French press, but I bought this cup off Amazon, and it's a, I still think it's a cool idea. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really work but um it is a french press cup so imagine just a single cup like we have you know just a mug mm-hmm. and you have a french press that presses down in the center and it's an insulated cup so it stays nice and hot oh, it all sounds so good doesn't it sounds not to me but it does sound good well to I'll, here's the spoiler if it sounds good to anyone is once i've made the french press the grounds are stuck at the bottom so if i start sipping my coffee and it stays hotter so mm-hmm. there's heat that's continuing to extract coffee which is not well, not good um so and, and the strength changing because you're getting less and less water right so let's see so you can make a good espresso in it or sorry <laughs> a good french press you can make a horrible espresso but you can make a good french press but literally the minute you pass four minutes or however long you're extracting you are continuing to extract so your first sip might be good but the rest you have to i, I end up having to pour it into a separate cup mm, that's good because idea. it's just you can't have the ground sitting in there. So, no. yeah, it's just, it's crazy. Which goes to say again that we've talked about in storing coffee there. Unfortunately, or fortunately, to how, depends how you look at it, you cannot store coffee, uh, whether in, in just roasted beans or actually once you've made the beverage of coffee, right? it can't be stored. So my suggestion is make a little French press, enjoy that, and if you want some more, make another little French press. And I, I it almost feels like there's a... Uh, I don't know. I'm not going to say this is a rule, but maybe an idea of coffee where you cannot store greatness. Yeah. Yeah. Greatness it, has to be enjoyed and remade. Yeah. Yep. Because it it's really, for the present. You can't look back. You right. can't go in the future. It's right now. Well, and maybe I'm jumping the weeds here, but if I, let's say I make a cup of coffee yes. and I pour it into my cup, no grounds in my cup at all, but it stays really hot for a long time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or, or so, you know, like you think of like the pots they have at like restaurants where it just sits on a burner the whole oh, time. Yes, yes. It's so hot in there. Is it still extracting the solubles from the solubles that are actually in the coffee there? Yep. And it's, it just it's really, it's like if you actually had to put a microphone to it, you hear screaming going on <laughs> there because there's a lot of bad things going on in that cup of coffee. And we look at, I look at three words and one yeah. is grind, one is uh, temperature, which is one of the, the three words. And I can't remember the third one top of my head. Um, but uh, but temperature is one of those things that continues the experiment. It continues the chemical reaction. It right. continues stuff coming out. And basically the bean gets to a point where it says, I've got nothing more to give. So I'm just going to give you whatever I can find. Right. And I mean, it's it's there's so there's the chance you could have 18 to 22% extraction and then if you let it sit for far too long at far too high a temperature or a multitude of other things, you could still have bad, bitter coffee because mm-hmm. you've just, again, you've not, you can't preserve 
that. It's to, it's to be enjoyed in the now. That's right. In the moment. And it's like, well, I'm, I'm thinking of I think a cup of tea or a cup of coffee or a French press, right. which is one of the experiments I keep talking about. We're really sort of talking about these experiments already. You've We're made, really hyping them up yeah, quite a bit. Really. Yeah. I think people are going, oh, that's pretty basic stuff. Yeah. Because what I'm saying <laughs> is you can do a French press and you can do it for two minutes rather than what... Is this the experiment? It's sort of the experiment. I'm going to say it is. Okay. It's if you do a French press at... Okay, the experiment is the French press, you can do it two minutes time. Uh-huh. You can do it at, at four minutes or you can do it at 10 minutes. In other words, you can pour the hot water in off boil, don't forget. Right, right. Um, and you can let it sit there for two minutes and mm. then drink. Or you, and then you can let, wait for another four minutes and drink or make another French press and wait 10 minutes and then drink. Mm. And you will notice a significant difference between those three cups. Well, and I, I even, I think that's an awesome experiment. Number one, you have to have the extra coffee to do so. If you're on a limited coffee budget, maybe not the best experiment. Um, but even if you could do two minutes, four minutes, ten minutes, and then the next time you do it, do it three minutes, four minutes, six minutes. Yeah, yeah. And start, start bringing tweaking those, it. Yeah, start bringing them in and see if you can still tell the subtle differences. Now, at a certain point, you're probably going to have to stop drinking coffee for the moment. Yes. And have a rest or something. Let oh, your heart calm yeah. down. Yeah. But it's, it's an interesting thing to maybe start honing in that ability to taste the difference. Mm-hmm, and I mm-hmm. think practicing that's helpful for when you go out and have coffee. Um, you'll be able to kind of taste it and say, hey, this tastes like my four minute or my six minute. Mm-hmm. And that can be a helpful way if, to kind of know. If you go know. out, it's probably going to taste like your 10, 20 minute one. Well, I, oof, yeah, I went out recently for coffee for the first time in a while. And whew, <laughs> too long of a story for this episode, but maybe mm-hmm. another episode. Um so but, that, yeah. that's 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 one of the experiments you can do, and if you have a French press mm-hmm. uh, or an AeroPress, which you've been using recently, you enjoying that? I have that? been really getting into the AeroPress mm-hmm. ever since we uh, I talked to Brandon Luthy, who was oh, one yeah. one of the episodes. I I got really into the mm-hmm. AeroPress. Good, good, that's good. And those are all what we would call submerged uh, type coffees, mm. compared to a Chemex, which is is, is not. It, it, the water goes in and it goes what, straight what, through. What is that called? Well, we call it typical pour over, right? Um, but uh, it's uh, yeah, it's 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 not water's not sitting there over the coffee grounds. It's right. going through. It's right. a little different. Therefore, you can't do something like the brew time because it just goes through. Mm. You could adjust the grind size, possibly to adjust. I don't know what experiment we're up to now, but... Uh, okay, so, well, sorry. We'll start at experiment number one. I'm jumping around here, but experiment number one. Yes, or what and that is what you just alluded to, and that is grind size, which can't be done with the French press. So, well, you know, you can do in the French press. I couldn't say that. Yeah. But, it's probably the most versatile adjustment you can make. Yeah, it is, which is go back to the episode on grinders, and you'll see mm. why. Um, if you have a blade grinder, you're going to get a lot of coarse, mainly. Right. Um, and others. Um, if you have a burr grinder, you're going to get, you can go normal and fine. And when I say fine, it's all going to be fine. Right. Um, but here's the, here's the experiment. Make three cups out mm. of your Chemex or your cone, whatever you're using. Yeah. And, uh, but for one, you've got to do it three times. I'm sorry, you've got to drink some coffee again. <laughs> uh, one, do coarse grind. Yeah. And make your, your Chemex. Mm-hmm. Do one with normal grind, sort of a medium size. And yeah. then do one with fine, which is going to take really a long time for the <laughs> water to get to through. You have to wait for you, yeah, exactly. It's if the water goes through. <laughs> it might just uh, plug up. <laughs> that's right. But uh, that grind size is going to change how fast the water goes through. Here's mm. another little term that you know about. It's a, a surface area. Mm. You've got coarse. You've got little surface areas. So water 
comes over. It's like sand and stones. It's mm-hmm. like stones, and the water goes over and just goes around the stones. They're big, right. and it, it can get through very quickly. Not a problem. Whereas you've got sand, it's like bleh. It just the water comes on the top, and right. and you've got huge surface area now. Well, the way I think about it is whether or not you're wearing a wetsuit, and I'll explain, explain. it in this. So if I'm wearing a wetsuit or a bunch of clothes and I jump in the water and I jump in a pool or I jump in a lake, I'm not instantly wet or cold. Mm -hmm. If it's a really cold lake, let's pretend. Right. But if I have, so if I have a wetsuit on, I jump in, it takes a second for it to get cold. And then I go, (laughs) the water reaches my body. Mm -hmm. If I jump in there buck naked, instantly cold. Mm -hmm. And I think of that when I think of the bean, because if you have a large, let's think of a large coarse ground coffee. It takes a while for the water to get through and extract everything from that bean. Whereas if it's a very thin, coarsely ground coffee, so there's nothing really protecting that centerpiece or anything mm-hmm. inside, the, co- the the water can extract it extremely quickly. I don't know if that's a good analogy or not, but that's the way it kind of works it's, in my head. Yeah, if that works, go for it. And we're talking about here the, the size of the bean, and therefore you want consistent size, which is why you want a good grinder. Right. And even a hand grinder is better than perhaps a blade grinder at this point. Um, well, not to jump into grinders, but with a hand or a blade grinder, you may get it fine, but it's going to be inconsistent. That's the big problem. And you're so your extraction is going to be pretty inconsistent as well. It, you're going to get bitter, sour, and normal and all together. <laughs> right, which, which is, is not, prob- not the combo you're looking for. It's probably not the combo you're looking for. We've also, the experiment number two was what we've talked about already is brew time. Right. That's the two-minute form and eight-minute or how many minutes you want to do and taste. Mm. And then I always say to a cup and I say, now think don't mm-hmm. just gulp it down off you go just stop and think and write some words down that come to your mind describe it get someone else to drink it with you and now you may you together you will help each other say oh that tastes it does too right yeah I, I would say that's a key part to it because if i take a sip of coffee and i've done it a number of times i can even sometimes have uh, cupper's block or you know where you don't i can't think of a descriptive word for this but if you take the time to slow down yes. and really focus on it you can start to be like oh this reminds me of mm-hmm. this scent or this smell we, and doing it with others is helpful too because it does they can prompt something and you go oh you're totally right it does That's taste right. like dirt <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or it tastes like sweet sweet uh yeah it can be it's good and uh Others is, is, is helpful for that. And mm. experiment number three, I was just going to quickly get onto that one, and that's mm-hmm. temperature. And we sort of alluded to that before, um, but here you may need a, 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 they call them variable kettles that can, you can set a temperature, it'll go and it'll, it'll yeah. go and stop at that temperature as such. You can't go over the boiling probably unless you climb a mountain or I don't know what you do, go under the sea. Um, <laughs> but again, take three coffees, three cups, and you want one boiling at 210 Fahrenheit mm-hmm. this is. Mm-hmm. You want one boiling at 195, that's just off boil Fahrenheit. And and, and third, you want one, say, 180, a little lower, and there's Celsius equivalents from that. Mm. Um, and uh, But as you taste those, you're going to get... The colder one's probably going to have sour notes. The, the hot one's going to have bitter notes. And uh, you will notice a difference. And guess what? You've started this journey that we've warned you about before. You're going to become a little nerdy and you are thinking about stuff. And right. you've just started this coffee journey and there's no going back. The minute you start questioning, you're down a path that uh, leads a long way. Yep, yep. Um, one of the things I would say, maybe as a bonus experiment... Yes. Um, is to make a single cup of coffee. Yes. 
pour it, taste it immediately, wait four minutes, taste it again, wait 10 minutes, mm-hmm. taste it again, okay, yeah. wait 15 Variation. minutes, mm-hmm. a total of 15 minutes, and taste it again. Mm-hmm. And I think what where I get that from is like when I've gone to the cupping table mm-hmm. and you cup everything, yes. you go through everything, and you're all done. If you go back and taste yes. that same coffee, you cannot take notes on it because it's a different coffee mm-hmm. at that point. It mm-hmm. totally changes. When we're cupping, we learn to take uh, notes at three different temperatures. Mm. The start was hot, little medium. And the cold one, and the cold one, particularly, what you're going to find, you're going to find flavor notes. But if there's any defects in the coffee, you will find them. Particularly, they will just stand out when it's cold. Interesting. Yeah, and so that might be an easy way to start or to to do that. You could do that at any point. You could almost do that with all the different experiments. Do that as well. Yes. Um, I mean, I should explain some of the words. I haven't given any descriptive words, but they're under under extracted uh, yeah. one which is, you know, before 18% of you've got less. And uh, it's a flavor that I said under extractor is sour. Mm-hmm. In other words, and it's hard to put in words. You really got to just do this and taste it. I mean, the best thing would be, say, eat some lemons and limes. Yeah. Um, and you go, oh, oh and your face certainly goes a certain <laughs> direction right away. That's probably sour. Mm. And uh, is this, is this, are these all going to be pretty typical for most coffees? Uh, yeah, if it's sour, it's sour. It's, it's fair enough. It's it lacks depth. No coffee should taste sour. No, no. <laughs> it's interesting as I say. As I said, the bad guys get out as well. You want some of those bad guys actually, in moderation with the good stuff with mm. the good guys, actually makes a really good cup of coffee. And then you've got preferences going on. As I say, you can get more of the fruity notes compared to the more dark chocolatey notes, mm. and they they will you will like that. Um, it's acidity, like acidity is going to be there, but if it goes too far and under-extracted is going to be there, it's going to be this this unpleasant acrid. That's the best word I can use for it. It's just like this really sour, like, whoa, this acidity is good, but in the wrong direction, it's mm. too much of it. it, it it's not good. Over-extracted is the opposite, and it makes sense, but I would say over-extracted is bitter. It's really this unpleasant mouthfeel. You feel dry. You feel thirsty. This this disagreeable taste. The best word description of what it tastes like is, mm. is like a very bitter dark chocolate. I would I would be willing to place this bet yes. for real money. Yes. Um, go to your work wherever you work. Yeah. If they have coffee, and it's either in a uh, on a pot that stays hot all day, or if it's in a uh, vacuum pot. Um, you know, with a little pump on top. Yes. Taste that coffee, and that is going to be over extracted mm-hmm. coffee. You'll notice that because yes. you're you're keeping heat inside of that container mm-hmm. if it's the vacuum pot. So you're really doing an experiment with temperature at this point, right? And and what like you what you could do is if you see someone make a fresh pot, go straight taste away instantly. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. probably already going to be over extracted mm-hmm. due to the process and how long the water takes, how hot the water. Yes. I mean, you could nerd out even at work. But then taste it, you know, 15 minutes, because it's still going to be hot that whole time. So if you taste it, that's what's, that heat, it's still just extracting, yeah. extracting. I used to do it when I was younger. I didn't realize what I was doing when I went to somewhere like a McDonald's or something and had a coffee. Didn't yeah. know about coffee so much then. And But I, what I did know was that if I saw the coffee was really low, I would wait till two more customers go by uh-huh. and they'd make a fresh pot. <laughs> that's not, a, that's a good thing, yeah. Best, smart, best smart of a bad world, but yeah. Yeah, that's what I get, what should I do. Another example would be, I sometimes I think of music in terms of in your car radio or stereo, you'd have a treble and a bass knob. The treble is a little sort of like the under-extracted. It's sort of like this, these high notes that is mm. sourness, 
and the bass, yeah. just using the bass note is like too much bass and you've got over extractors like whoa right and yet you need that full range of frequencies and sound to get the full full notes yes yes wow i'm looking at notes here like we haven't even touched on a, 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 a i was looking forward to tds well one thing i was going to say tds and um the the other one what was it it was called the yields, yields the yes. yields the soluble yields yes. could you give us a one liner for that or a ten liner the, the the what a yield is what is a soluble yield i know we kind of touched on it oh, briefly at the very beginning that's that's the percentages we were talking about of how many good things get into the coffee um, oh, okay so that's the 22 to 8 that, or 18 yeah, to and you want you want 18% to 22% to get in your coffee so soluble yield is like how much do you harvest of that 30% right it's the good and bad guys and you want the ideal sort of cup of coffee so you're going to get this uh, this uh, the guys you want in your coffee or the girls <laughs> gotcha and and we have a lot of really good uh, photos that we have taken from various places that we will well mainly i took it from that one i was saying at the beginning is it hang ground it was really good yeah i'll put a link to that so you guys can take yeah. a look at that as well um because it's really it, it's helpful to have a visual aspect oh very to much that. so this is a hard one to do because it's not so visual and, and tds tds that's tell really me more the, so i was saying it was the, the concentration or the quality uh, the quantity i should say of the coffee so you can have weak and there's, there's percentages too of one point the 1.5 to 1.35 percentage. And that's on that chart I was talking about right at the beginning from Dr. Lockhart. And does TDS stand for total, total dissolved solubles? Say, are you right? I didn't say that. A total dissolved solids, which solids, makes gotcha. which makes sense in terms of as the water goes through, these, it has little specks of, of the total solid has got through. And you have these wonderful machines called refractometers. I was wondering if we we're going to bring those up. I'm not going too <laughs> far with the refractometer, but it is a little machine that costs well, a little gadget that actually is very expensive three four hundred dollars or more mm. eight hundred dollars and you put a drop of coffee on like a real scientist would do and it gives you a tds reading this less than 1.15 or more than 1.35 yeah and that tells you weakness ideal or mm. or strong and you may have a preference in there but if it's long as within one point one five and one point three five. It's going to be pretty good. It's going to be strong or weak. Wow! And total dissolved solids yes. is basically that eighteen to twenty two percent is in the coffee. Yes. And how much of that eighteen to twenty two percent is completely dissolved versus how much of it is still a particle? Is that yeah? That's the, right. Yes, that makes sense. So it's yes. like putting the right amount of salt in your water and stirring it up, but you still have some left at the bottom. Mm -hmm. And it's it's how much is left in the bottom kind of an idea. Sort of that, is that idea. And there's these, these specs that are running around in there. And yeah. It's because it's called a refractometer. It's it's like looking at fish in a, on, a, on a lake. And you look down and you see mm. the fish. And if you want that fish, you want to spear that fish, for instance, you don't aim at what you're looking at. You go down. It's been refracted. I'm getting a little 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 nerded out here. Sorry, Very excited. Yeah, I am. But you can get one of those. If you want to go, I say, um, if you want to go really advanced, you want to look at TDS and TDS um, refractometers and, and mm. how all that works. It's quite a in depth sort of thing. I found the other day. I found mm. uh, something a little more simple, and it's sort of the same thing we're doing. It was called Angel's Cup Coffee. It's mm. more the beginner style, and it helps you start thinking about concentrations of bitter and strong and sweet it was, it was sort of helpful i thought it's it's, it's fairly simplistic but mm -hmm. it was it was good and it starts you on the track of that brewer's chart without even realizing it you're yeah. sort of putting a, a dot somewhere in there and and it's interesting in that brewer's chart you've got windows in there you've got the american window mm -hmm. and it's sort of somewhere in there 18 to 20 percent but it could be weaker or stronger interesting 
and you go to Europe and it goes stronger again. So the window doesn't shift sideways. Mm. It doesn't get out of 18 to 22%, but it goes up and down in terms of total dissolved solids. And you've got different markets out there, different populations that mm. like a different preference. And interesting. that's fine. Yeah. Oh, that's interesting. Um, yeah. And I guess as we wrap up today, um, some of the things in conclusion is take your time. Yep. Taste the coffee. It's good to know the information, but tasting is is also is, is crucial. Yeah. Now when you, I'm sorry I've spoiled you, but next time you sip you that wonderful coffee, you're going, ah, oh, it's sour. It's like lemons and limes. Well, well it, it could be bitter. Well, or it, yeah, it could be it's stale, or it could be just weird. Something that's not really <laughs> some defects in it that could should be not coffee. be. It could be just it may not be coffee. Uh, and and I think that those are those are some big things. And I think when you actually take the time and you focus on it and you stop just guzzling the coffee you unfortunately start to begin the process of being completely ruined. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful process. It's wonderful, and, and, and you get very snooty. You do. <laughs> um, but and, and I, I often think it's not wasting coffee. Gulping coffee is wasting coffee and uh, no attention to the flavor. But if you experiment with that coffee mm. and actually do some of those things of what, what the things we've been talking about, yeah. It's probably the best possible use for those beans. Well, and you think about how much work has gone into yes bef- into the coffee before you get it. I if I was a farmer, I would want people to taste my coffee f- in the best way it could taste. Yeah, exactly. I'd want you know the most best rep- representation of my coffee. So I think experiment, experiment, experiment. Yep, yep. In, and in, and you 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 will only either stay where you are or find something better and find a, a better version of what you like. And then you'll be able to do that yep. and, and replicate that. Then you'll start getting others involved and you'll ruin them as well. Uh, Cause they right. had a wonderful ritual with their coffee in the morning and now it does not the same anymore. Right. They'll come it. over and then have coffee with you next morning. They'll have coffee by themselves and go, what am I doing? Oh, I'm going back to my friend's place. Yeah. So experiment, Take your time. Think about what you're doing. I think those three things right there, even if you don't know exactly what you're experimenting with, documenting it and just trying mm. things is a huge part of that. Oh, little notebook. There's some yeah. neat brewer's books out there that you can have little these little notebooks and write down some of your experiences. Yeah. And even document different coffee shops you go to. Whose yeah. coffee do you like best? Yeah. And as you get more and more into wanting to do more, there's you know the apps like the Angel Cup Coffee. And then you can even go, if you get really into it, refractometers and stuff yeah, like that. So there's one. I use the VST coffee tool. Oh, mate, it's it's pretty in-depth stuff. But lots man. of numbers and graphs. Oh yeah, it's wonderful. <laughs> it's it's actually quite simple actually, but it it just it's just another tool. It doesn't make good coffee for you. It just tells you, oh, here's a little tool that it shows exposes me. your coffee. It does. I like that. Yes. And and I think that that's you know we've mentioned a lot of big words, big numbers, big concepts today. Um, I would say the the biggest thing that you need to take out of this is. Try. Start where you are. Don't yep. expect to be anywhere else. You know, it doesn't really matter that you may not have the best concept of everything or have the most understanding of different things, but just try them out and you'll you'll learn along the way. And we mentioned a lot of big things, but always feel free to shoot a question to us and maybe we said something funny, we said it in a weird way, we said it strangely or did not explain it. Um, but we love questions. Um, I know we've had a couple questions on extraction rates and stuff, so it's always good for us to know what people want. That's right. But, uh, yeah, I think that's probably where we're going to wrap up. Otherwise, we'll be going into tomorrow. Oh, mate. I want to talk about brew ratios, too, but no time. Another episode. Yep. 
Anyway, thank you so much for listening again. Again, feel free to reach out to us via our website, beanstuff.com, a podcast. You can reach out to us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. Not MySpace, but uh, everything else pretty much. Um, thank you so much for listening. If you're right here in the episode, again, thank you so much. You've gotten all the way to the end. Congratulations. You've gotten through all the experiments. All right. Thank you so much, and we look forward to uh, joining you next week, and uh, we hope you have a great uh, excursion with coffee this week. Thank you. Bye.